0: This is Defenders TV Podcast, episode 111, where we're giving you our spoiler filled recap of Marvel's Luke Cage Season 1. Welcome back, fellow Defenders. This is Defenders TV Podcast, episode 111, where we're giving you a spoiler-filled recap of Marvel's Luke Cage, season one. I'm one of your hosts, Chris.
1: I'm one of your hosts, Derek. Hi, and I'm your third and final host, John. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Yes. Fellow Defenders.
0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. So, hopefully, if you're joining us for the first time, um, well, you've got 110 other episodes to catch up on, so get going our fellow defenders asked for this um, and we are happy to oblige these are our pre-defenders recaps of everything um marvel netflix shows prior to the defenders basically we're going through each of the characters and their season arcs and basically giving you a quick taste of what we thought of season one a quick recap or season one or two the case of daredevil which you just heard previously two episodes ago But it's basically where our characters are, where are they at the end of their season coming into the Defenders, which all launches on August 18th, 2017. Yes,
2: worldwide. Uh, Still trying to work out whether it's 8am or 7am that we get them over here, but it doesn't matter. Worldwide, at the same time, uh, midnight, San Francisco time, I believe. Yeah, looking forward to getting to the Defenders uh, in a a couple of weeks' time. It's going to be really good fun to to finally get that show. We've been obviously podcasting about these shows for two and a half years now, so whatever feed you're picking up at the moment um, to get the Luke Cage episode, Our main show, Defenders TV Podcast, has every episode that we've released so far of all of the series that we've been covering, uh, and each individual recap is going on each individual feed. But all of our individual feeds will also have The Defenders as it is a combined show with each of the four characters from the Netflix series so far, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and Iron Fist. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast, obviously, over through iTunes by going through uh, defenders.tvpodcast.com/slash iTunes, or finding us on any good or evil podcast catcher by searching Defenders TV Podcast, and you can pick up any of our
1: feeds there. And of course, you can join in with ourselves and the Defenders community, uh, through, um, our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Defenders TV podcast. And of course, we're over on Twitter as well. Just, uh, search for at DefendersCast. Join in with us with the discussions on all things to do with, uh, Marvel, uh, the Defenders. Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, Daredevil and Luke Cage, of course, uh, that we're going over his first season uh, in this podcast. Uh, And of course, if you want to provide any feedback to us, comment on any of the shows, comment on the podcast, Um, you can just send your feedback through feedback at DefendersTVPodcast.com or go to the website at DefendersTVPodcast.com and you can leave a voicemail of up to 90 seconds with your thoughts or comments on all things Marvel Netflix.
0: Yes, yes, yes. So, guys, let's jump headfirst into Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say jump into the boxing ring, but even that might hurt, um, and especially when you're going against the man with the unbreakable skin. uh uh-huh. um, so, I kind of for the listeners here, what we're going to do is quickly talk about the the showrunner, the directors, the the kind of the guys who brought this all together. We're going to give a quick season synopsis of what everything kind of happened. We'll discuss some of those points. We'll discuss the main themes of what we liked and didn't like across this season, uh, and then topping it all off at where our characters are at the end. Basically, where is Luke? where are the supporting characters as we come into uh, August 18th and they all show back up on our screens. Mm-hmm. So this was a, this was an interesting um, series, guys, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. This was so different from what we had previously gotten with the Marvel Netflix shows.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And also Luke Cage was another backdoor pilot, similar to what we talked about with the Daredevil show, where it was heavily focused on uh, Punisher he actually appeared in Jessica Jones and had quite a significant role throughout Jessica Jones and then got his own show afterwards. But what's fascinating about this, I don't think we can start talking about the show at all without talking about the showrunner. Um, more than any of the other showrunners, hadari Coker, who, uh, who ran Luke Cage really put a stamp on this show and made this show completely his own. Uh, he comes from a music background. He's a music journalist who'd done um, Southland, the TV show. He'd done a bit of that before. Um, this was his own show, and it really felt like this was a show
1: defined by its music and by its situation in Harlem. Absolutely. Um, he really did um, add... Some amazing music to the shows that resonated with the themes and with the place of Luke Cage and in Harlem. Absolutely, everything from choosing the titles of each episode from gangster
2: songs uh, that were all out through the nineties, um, everything from that to the to a moment with having uh, having artists standing on stage singing songs in the Central Club location uh, throughout Luke, Luke Cage. It just seemed infused by music. And uh, that's what a lot of people say Harlem is like. It's, a, it's just a place infused with music. So absolutely the right person to run the show.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I can't agree more that this whole show has been so musically influenced to the point where we actually have, for example, Method Man turning up in... An episode and mm. having the banter with Luke in a coffee not even a coffee shop, I believe it was Delicatessen. That's what it was.
2: Just a normal bodega, yeah, normal uh, yeah. Go on a shop, a corner shop. Yeah. Corner shop, yeah. I love that moment because it is, it's, it's like Luke Cage fanboying with one of his favorite artists, which is a real, you know, it, it's, it's exactly what music journalists love doing. It's exactly what music fans love doing. The idea of just bumping into uh, to your local, your favorite artist from the 90s, you know, uh, and having that moment with him. That was really cool. But John, do you want to tell us what they gave us over? all with the season synopsis for luke cage
1: sure after losing his home his bar finding out the truth about the death of his wife and being mind controlled by kilgrave luke cage moves to harlem to work in a barbershop he hides his powers and works hard to live a normal life but harlem is in a battle for control as cornell cottonmouth stokes is trying to seize the borough Stokes soon realizes that Luke is in his way of his bid to take over and uses the power and influence of his sister politician, Mariah Dillard. Things go south for Cornell when he takes more than he gives, and with a word in her ear from Enforcer Shades, Mariah takes out her rage on Cottonmouth, brutally murdering him. As Luke continues to take down gun runners and drug dealers with the help of Harlem PD officer Misty Knight, a former friend of Luke's comes out from the shadows to show he's had the power in Harlem all along and is ready to take down Luke. When a battle ensues, Luke soon realizes that a bullet has been created that can cause the bulletproof hero some serious damage. Not only that, but his former friend, Willis Diamondback Striker, has a powerful suit that absorbs any power aimed at him. With the support of Misty Knight and Claire Temple, Luke overcomes the odds to take down the crazed Diamondback.
2: So probably more than any of the shows that we've talked about so far, this, this one probably has the most villains or villainous characters.
0: <laughs> just slightly, yes. just
2: slightly. And really uh, central and really built up characters in this show as well, I think.
0: Uh, uh some, and this is where I will argue with you in in to a degree we we obviously had Diamond back um not turning up till the second quarter the sec no second half of the the show and i I do remember that we had some issues, probably issues too strong of a word, some feedback based on this character. Uh, being striker, um, and who he is,
2: was certainly divisive. Yeah, like a lot of yes. things in this podcast. Again, I think I mentioned it in our on our Daredevil podcast. Uh, having a three person podcast does mean that one person stands on one side and the other stand sometimes on the opposite side. So, uh, yeah, I know that this definitely divided us, uh, if possible, down the middle or yes. into thirds. Uh, in terms into third, of, dialogue. I think is the best. But I the other have. characters, let's talk about the good ones, the ones that really didn't divide us. Uh, to, uh, to start with so obviously cornell cottonmouth stokes feels like he's the main bad guy to begin with he's fantastically played by oscar nominee marshall ali um, really steps out from a role uh, he formerly played in uh, in house of cards he was a main character on that show and then steps over into this central role for luke cage hadn't really seen him in too much before but he really brings an intensity. And a real history to the character. Um, when we find out how soft Cornell is on the inside, uh, when we hear that he was supposed to be a musician, he was going off to trying to get a job, trying to go off to Juilliard to learn piano, and then was pushed into this life by his aunt, and is, has taken it on board. It's the whole reason why he has the music club because he's trying to keep music central to his life, even though he's a brutal, brutal bad guy. And um, that's kind of the, the, the main character that we think to begin with. And then obviously Mariah Dillard is the is the other um, main main villain of the show, and I'd argue that she is our villain for the show. She goes through all 13 episodes, has the big arc like Kingpin did in Daredevil, um, and she feels like the one that has the biggest change and has become the biggest villain by the end of the series.
0: And I agree. There's no argument here from from my side. Um, Mariah, Black Mariah, is the true villain of this um it's just not until to like the last quarter of the the show that you start to feel actually who she is it's you kind of think that oh maybe she's doing this because she feels she has to okay maybe she's not she goes through that character arc as you said from being the the councilwoman who just deals with her kind of untoward uh cousin to being the the actual. Person who seizes control of the the rival gangs at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, she really is. She was a fantastic character. And more, I just kind of think back about. Kind of like I could. I can't wait to see her. Maybe in Luke Cage season two, but hopefully in Defenders, even a passing cameo. Um, where she, we do know there are some gang-related elements in the Defenders, mm-hmm. so hopefully she may turn up. I just um, to see
2: her on like TV in the background doing a speech because she's still a politician or something, you know, just to kind of yes. reference the fact that she's still in control of Harlem.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think like these two characters, both uh, Cottonmouth and Mariah, um, are they're both fighting the the influence and the strength of their mother or auntie, I think. And you really get a sense at the start, anyway, that it is Mariah who is doing that the the best. She is trying to be a politician, do it through community, mm-hmm. but she's having to deal with her her brother who is um in charge of of the drugs and the guns in Harlem through his club and gradually o- over the the season um you know we we see a few back uh, back uh, of of the two of them um in Harlem with their auntie and uh you know we we then start to see mariah beginning to change um and you understand that cottonmouth actually is in a place where he doesn't want to be he isn't the one that's taken on the advisor of his guardian uh back in the day um and and really wants to do the music it's a great um thing as you said about him trying to maintain that through the club Mm -hmm. and even that his uncle or his Stepfather, um, you know, is also um, totally consumed by his his wife here, um, and is killed in the end, I think, by her, or as a result of something that's that's happened through her really trying to influence them to be a a, a, a almost a crime family to to hustle really more than yeah. anything, and and it's built up over the years, and but we see you know Mariah then eventually. beginning to take on the mantle of her her auntie yeah yeah. Um, and and that arc i mean alfred woodard uh, does a really um fantastic job with that arc and i absolutely love it and i do think that um this i mean diamondback is you know the the contrast then that you get with diamondback who really just he comes in all guns blazing and there is no middle ground here he's he's crazed and he's on a mission uh to uh take down luke cage and and really um put put the final nail in his coffin and that is just really interesting um the thing about the diamondback story that i really like is just how he tries to impersonate uh luke cage you know we see the the where he shoots the police officers and then luke is on the run and um, but yeah diamondback is slightly de- divisive here i think i mean you know the at the time there was certainly that aspect of a a series of two halves to some extent and um, yes you have a very much this lovely nuance uh, of Cornell Stokes and Cottonmouth and his relationship with Mariah and you have the barber shop uh with Luke Cage and that as a, a central hub for the community in Harlem and you have the this the relationships with with Misty Knight but it's quite nuanced, uh, and you just hear of Diamondback uh, within the background. Yeah, um, you I, I, in fact, I,
2: see a lot more of Shades as right hand man. Yeah, than you, than you see of, of Diamondback throughout the show.
1: And with the death of Cottonmouth at the hands of Mariah, there is a, a kind of a change to to the show. Absolutely. Yeah, Chris, do you want to talk about that? Like that's the that's the shocking moment for this
2: series. And and again, as I say, the show is really based on music. And that's kind of the end of Harlem's Paradise as well. So the show does feel very different after the death of Cotham.
0: Yeah, no, for me, this was, uh, well, first of all, no, I don't think any of us were really expecting this. Mm-mm. This was a complete left of field. And I remember watching it, three of us, we were We were one of the, uh, the, the rare, now rare situations where we watch it together. And I remember all three of us turning to each other going, did, you, uh, just, uh, did that just happen? <laughs> Like, they just killed their main bad guy. Uh, Okay, so maybe it wasn't their main bad guy, which is really interesting. And I think it basically was Chio Coker kind of putting his, as you said, his stamp on this, Mm -hmm. but he was planting his flag going, hey, everything you know and you think you know about uh, this show, well, it's not. Yeah. And and this is not the show you think it is. This is not the characters you think it is. This is not the main antagonist you think it is.
2: Absolutely. And I love the fact that he again continues to divert attention away from Mariah Dillard. Like any good politician, she's hiding the fact that she is the big villain. So when Cornell dies everybody's focused and I remember I remember seeing their feedback I remember hearing other people comment on the show and they moved from Cornell Stokes to Diamondback and went oh Diamondback must be the bad guy we talked about it a bit as well um as we went through the last couple of episodes and we were kind of moving on to oh well wait wait till Diamondback comes in there must be a reason why he's hidden maybe it's a huge famous actor that's going to be coming in the show that we don't know about and meanwhile Mariah is building up in the background the whole time i loved that i thought it was a great concept for the series keep her in the background give her more and more of what she craves which is the power and then just bring in an enemy for luke cage um and you can you can then go and take over the city i thought that was a lovely touch
0: yeah it's very much hindsight is Uh 2020 um looking back on it now i can see clearly what they were doing Building Mariah the way she was, and um, building her into this villain that will go across the next season or potentially Defenders. Mm-hmm. But in the time at the time, I know we were very much okay. Where is where is Diamondback? Who is he going to be? Because we had this uh, preconceived notion of what had happened with Daredevil and Kingpin. Yeah. Um, but I, I want to take us on a, a slightly different. Tact. I want to bring us to Miss Knight. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, like I remember, like so much of loving this character, uh, especially now. Again, looking back on it, how that that one scene where she is explaining, or with the other fellow, uh, the uni- police uniformed police officers, um, how hard it is to be a police officer in a world where people are super powered now, where there is the Avengers where you have Iron Man and Luke Cage. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember that scene. That's still such an amazing thing. Yeah. And I want to discuss that. But the one thing I do want to remind people is she still has both arms at the moment, which is really interesting.
2: (laughs) Why? They really played at that towards the end of the season. Um, Yeah. I really love the character. Mr. Nice. is a cool as hell character. Um, but they really played with it. I think that the last four episodes of the show, she has some form of uh, of ailment with her arm that she's checking it. She's being told by Claire Temple if she doesn't go to the doctor soon, she may lose the arm. Um, you know, there's loads of different points where uh, where they're playing with the expectation of comic book fans that she's going to lose that and then become the Misty Knight we know from the comic books, which is just uh, just them having loads of fun with us, really.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, she plays really well. And it's same with Claire Temple with Luke, um, because like he is. He- Luke is this kind of stoic figure, really. He's, you know, he's very serious in many respects, but uh, both Misty and Claire, to an extent over time, you know, that they are the ones to kind of, you know, pull out um, and lighten him uh, a bit. Mm. We And I, I think uh, Simone Missick, who plays Misty Knight, is fantastic. I'm really excited to see um, her in the Defenders. Um, and obviously Claire Temple is reprising her, her role and, and uh, character in her through line between all of the different series. Mm-hmm. Um, it focuses on Claire and Luke protecting her very much uh, here. Yeah, we um,
2: definitely got more of Claire Temple as a character in this show. Um, she tended to be a character that reacted to Matt Murdock in the first season she was helping with Jessica Jones and Luke Cage uh, in the Jessica Jones series and in this series you tend to find out much more about her, She's, um, she's going back to visit her mother to get out of Hell's Kitchen because of everything that's gone on, and then walks straight into Luke Cage's life, um, which is <laughs> I, I think it's great having much more of Claire Temple. This is probably her best for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, this show is probably the best we've seen of, of Claire Temple of all the times we see her in all the other shows. I think.
1: Yeah, I, I think so too. Um, I, but I, I think with with uh, just coming back to Misty Knight I think her being a detective in um, you know the the police force in Harlem and that that role in terms of what she has to to fight against and how she is investigating Luke, who really has had all this suspicion thrown on him uh, by Diamondback uh, in a way of trying to get the police ultimately to do his dirty work and, and Misty sort of, you know, realizing it's not that simple and, 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 i think that's a really important kind of through line here uh of her as a police officer and detective in and um, the harlem police force working with uh, like there's bailey yeah. and the forensics guy yeah played by justin swain who we got to interview actually, yeah that's absolutely and really yeah. um, the scarf obviously who's the double dealer mm-hmm. um as well and her having to deal with that kind of betrayal so she- uh, I'm really looking forward to, as I say, to seeing her in The Defenders. Obviously, there are Daughters of Dragons being uh, uh, posited uh, as a possibility with Colleen Wing. So. And she has been confirmed for season two of Iron Fist, yeah, working with Colleen Wing. So that's pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Again, with Misty, I, I remember kind of seeing Simone Missick and having a complete man crush on this woman.
2: <laughs> You're allowed to have a man crush on a woman.
1: Chris. You actually got Misty over Misty Knight, didn't I you? Did, you really I did, I did.
0: This. This the character Simone Missick plays in this is just fantastic. I, I can't give it enough. There are some points where you're a bit like, come on now, Misty, get it together. You're, you're letting things kind of spiral out of control. But again, we introduced to the character across 13 episodes. Chio Croker built her in such a way and then built her. I'm, it was a combination of both Simone Missick and obviously Chio Croker, the writing and the, the actor themselves. But when she was lying in the basement of Harlem's paradise mm-hmm. um, and you saw her losing the arm or potentially losing the arm <laughs> and kind of having to battle that. I'm a cop. I should be out there. And then you see Claire going, sit the hell down. Like that was the, the ultimate arc of when she even lets Luke go towards the end and then arrest Luke. Yeah, Like you see this huge arc I, from going, remember in the very first or second episode where she sleeps with Luke. Mm-hmm. And that was like, we were like, whoa 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 what just happened here <laughs> like you're cheating on Danny's you're cheating on Danny's m- woman well Danny's not even in the picture yet so I yeah. suppose it's okay <clears throat> um, yeah it was very interesting yeah and a great character
2: I, I, I do I just love that idea that they that just like anybody else who meets at a bar they end off sitting together and then it just happens that this is Luke Cage and that's a really important character for for the rest of uh, of Misty
1: yeah absolutely and um, the other thing is we do get some flashback to uh luke's time in prison mm. uh, and his genesis into the bulletproof uh man of steel oh that's not necessarily the right phrase i should be no. using but uh yeah, the man with unbreakable skin and there's a great little nod to the tiara and cuffs as well um which we get from this and um, we get introduced to um Dr. Noah Bernstein, who, mm-hmm. of course, we see uh, making his way into Diamondback's uh, hospital room at the end. So Diamondback, despite being um, beaten in the end by Luke, could be back mm-hmm. yeah, with I mean, skin as hard as Diamond uh, as well. So um, this is is really nice little uh, through line. Again, with his wife as well, we see that relationship. Um, so that that was good to see that i think for for luke cage to get that um perspective of him in prison effectively sort of being trained up to be a boxer and a bruiser um and that really then influences his fighting style uh you know in the and on the streets of of Harlem.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think they did a good job with the creation of Luke cage, without a doubt. And and, and I love the idea of um, of his wife's story changing. The more he looked back on it, and the more he found out about her, uh, the more you realised that there wasn't the connection between the two of them. That she was effectively playing him and trying to get into his life. The whole time under instruction from from other people, uh, but Dr. Bernstein is is a very important character. But Dr. Burstein, excuse me, is, a, is another important character because we talked about it on our Jessica Jones um, podcast that Luke Cage comes back into Harlem with the flash drive that his wife had gotten and that Jessica retrieved um, after the death of Kilgrave. So we do find out more about this flash drive. This was really important throughout Jessica Jones that this. This information existed. So what we find is that this flash drive did, didn't just contain the information about um, how Kilgrave came to be and the experiments that were happening on kids. It also cre- c- contained the information about how to uh, how to help Luke Cage and how he got his powers. So we're assuming that this is where Breston made a copy of the info from the flash drive. So we're assuming the reason that he comes in to uh, to Diamondback at the end of the series is because he has now discovered the way to recreate what's happened with Luke Cage. So Diamondback, as you say, could come back even more powerful the next time we see him, whether that be in Defenders or in, in Luke Cage Season 2.
0: I, I'm kind of hoping they, they don't use Diamondback for Luke Cage Season 2. Um, I'm hoping we do get a, a more a secondary character Um, with potentially some Diamondback maybe Diamondback comes in for one episode mm-hmm. knock the hell out and then you kind of <laughs> get, you get Mariah and a secondary character but um, it'll be interesting yeah. I, I suppose, look, the one thing I I, I kind of want to wrap things up and start moving towards where where we ended the characters uh-huh. and I suppose the one thing we haven't really talked about is, well we kind of skirted around, is Luke Cage mm-hmm. the actual Transformation the character goes through in this series from a man down on his luck, lost his bar, lost his wife, works in Pop's barbershop, to then having to understand that he has to be the defender of Harlem. He is the man that needs to right the wrongs of Harlem and goes through that genesis, as kind of John said. Um, What do you guys think of like Mike Coulter as? Luke Cage. We, as you, we'd seen him in Jessica Jones, we knew the type of character and the man he would play, but we kind of got a, a much deeper appreciation for it now. What do you guys think?
2: Yeah, the show definitely added a lot more to the character of Luke Cage that we'd seen in the past. It, it's interesting to see him uh, away from Jessica Jones because in that show it was much more of how he's reacting to being in the life of Jessica Jones. And um, this is him on his own, and, and we see a lot more of. Of what Luke Cage is, I also think for the show itself, it was taking on a lot of huge themes. Um, you know, the idea of we've said we've said it on the podcast and got quite deep on it, but the idea of black culture in the U.S. at the time, and um, there was a lot of shootings happening, a lot of kids being shot by police officers, and you now have a black superhero who can't be hurt by bullets. You know, the, yeah. it, it was they absolutely took that concept. There was definitely, definitely the Trayvon Martin um, uh, incident that happened in the U.S. There was. Definitely reflected within the show because Luke Cage is a kid wearing, well, a, a young man wearing a uh, a hooded top and getting shot at. So they definitely weren't weren't uh, straying away from those big ideas within the show.
1: Absolutely, and I think that even comes back. I think, as I said before, with Misty Knight, uh, you know, a black lady uh, anchored in the police to with absolutely positive uh and and good intentions mm-hmm. being asked to chase down a black man um who is on the run and with a community uh whose uh outrage and uh, vo- uh voice and um, is in is rising uh, ag- against um the behavior mm-hmm. of, of the police and i think that those two elements um in terms of seeing those both sides, as well as the the community reaction, I think is is massively um, important, and it was great that a you know a comic book TV series, a superhero TV mm-hmm. series, could bring these contemporary elements into it and really work it into the story. Absolutely, and one of the other
2: elements that they brought in and the themes of the show was the nature versus nurture question. The idea of cornella versus Mariah. Mariah was being pushed towards a life of education. Uh, Cornell wanted that life, but was being pushed towards a life of crime. Um, even though they were both pushed in opposite directions, they effectively flip by the end of episode seven. Um, Mariah has now become the criminal, and uh, Cornell still just wants to be a musician, still just wants to go into the life of education, and gets killed by Mariah for pushing her too far. Um, then you have Luke versus Darwin back. They're supposed to be brothers. Um, they're, paternal brothers. They're paternal brothers, exactly. Um, there is the involvement of Luke's father, obviously. Um, but yeah, going two completely opposite directions, down back, willing to rip apart and blow a hole in Harlem just to kill Luke Cage. Luke Cage rebuilding the city of Harlem after after uh, the attacks. You know, um, I did like those kind of contrasts between the characters throughout yeah, the show. Absolutely. That was quite cool. Um, but let's close out the, the episode with the with where they are at the end of the season.
0: Yeah. Um, so Black Mariah has seized control of Harlem. Mm-hmm. Um she the criminal element of Harlem are under her control while still leading that double life as Mariah Dillard, the councilwoman. And herself and Shades are totally together, right? Yeah, Theo Rossi and as Shades. We we barely touched on them, but wow, well enough enough said, just wow. He was great.
1: Yeah, and I think not only with with shades. Um, and I remember when we were also wondering whether he had, um, you know, lasers behind his eyes and so <laughs> on because he was wearing the shades that he had some kind of superpower potentially that he was trying to hide and, and keep o- under wraps. But but also Eric uh, Mariah's PA and, and sort of campaign lead, mm. where he really is absolutely loyal to her and says. I will get these things done. Yeah. Um you know, where like a proper henchman. Yeah, real henchman. I, I love that little um that little conversation that they have in her house where he says, Well, what do you want me to do? I'll arrange it. Um I think yeah. it's where Mariah looks to tail Misty Night, I think. Um and, and that whole um kind of storyline. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a, an, another little thing that, you know, she she's got her um, support around her as, as she sees control definitely. Mm-hmm.
0: Our titular character is now back in the slammer at the end of this series, um, which is very unique.
2: Shocking, yeah, yeah, that was shocking. He saves the city of Harlem. He's surrounded by all of the people that we've met in the city from the start of the of the series, and then they uh, the the FBI guys, I think it is, come in and go. Um sorry, you broke out of prison. We need to bring you back, um yeah, you know, and it's and the final scenes are of him driving through the city of Harlem um as he's taken off back back to prison again,
0: yeah yeah, which is which we i don't think any of us would have expect yeah. the part of this that i'm I'm more interested in is how he gets out how is he that we see in the trailers for defenders he is stepping off a bus. Mm-hmm. we don't know if that's stepping off the bus pre or post prison. Um, so is he broken out again? Is uh, Misty coming, kind of, kind of bring him out? We we have no idea. Well, so it's Claire quite interesting. Does inter- have
2: a lawyer friend
1: now that can help her out?
0: She does.
1: So let's see where that <laughs> and happens. a billionaire friend with a law firm on retainer. Mm, that's true. And and, uh, and, uh, and a woman who can fly.
2: That, and all the information that was left in Pop's barbershop that get, that could get Luke off. Um, that was all. That's all there. There's all definitely the ability to get him out. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. That's probably our starting point for for Luke. Obviously, is that he is still behind bars at the beginning of that series. So yeah, interesting yeah. To
0: see. Um, and then kind of where we are with. Diamondback, he's in hospital. Mm-hmm. Um Bernstein has, as John has already mentioned, has is visiting him. Um and that's really it. And then we have bro oh, we, we are given uh Derek, as you said, we're given understanding to understand that Bernstein has made a copy of the flash drive. Uh the yellow flash drive that Jessica received, and then that Luke brought into this series with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then of course we've got Misty, who's uh kind of there she's been she saved uh, the help save the day towards the end of the episode mm-hmm. and ho- she's obviously going to be in this next series with uh, hopefully with some form um of appearance i'm hoping more than just a cameo hopefully yeah. she's just more kind of a, a bit more like claire and colleen we'll get a, we'll get a few, a couple of scenes more than just one scene with her in the defenders
2: yeah and kind of the big thing with misty is that she is at odds with the police force now after all of uh, after yeah. everything has gone on um we know we see her interviewing uh, jessica so uh in in the trailer for Defenders so we know she is still involved in the police force um, she does have an interview moment and that's where Matt and, and Jessica meet so she's definitely still involved in the police force but she, do, she is at that point of questioning everything that's going on, the people above her um, are, are under control of many other people so she's starting to question her need to be uh, to be on the force. So uh, it would be interesting to see if there's a, if there's a good storyline for Misty within, within Defenders.
0: Yeah. So guys, uh, overall, um, I have to, from my side, uh, I obviously want to get yours. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I really enjoyed Luke Cage. Um, there was some elements I enjoyed less. Um, and if you want to find out what ones those are, please go back and listen to all 13 episodes of our uh, kind of spoiler filled recaps.
2: Nice promotion, Chris.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. no, Overall it was good I think potentially for me The larger thing with this show Was the, the Comment on society At this point in, At that point in time, that snapshot no. While still Telling a Marvel Netflix Universe Story, and a good one at that mm-hmm. There was some ups and downs But we did finally get to see, as John said The man himself in the tiara and bracelets Looking like a damn fool there you go. So what do you guys think?
2: For me this is a show about theme, without a doubt. Uh you know, the 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 kind of the interesting thing, as I say, is a show run by a person who loves music so much and it's all about theme, you know. Musical themes, um, but it is fascinating. There's so much stuff that's going on in the show. I think this is probably of all of the shows, this is probably the slowest. Um, it's the show that's that's more deliberately paced than any of the shows. Uh, I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of comments from from uh, people, some of the listeners, who dropped off this series because they weren't uh, able to. The, the pacing wasn't the kind of the same as of the shows. We commented that it was the one show that didn't have huge cliffhangers at the end of every episode. Um, but I really Really enjoyed it. Thinking back and looking back on episodes of this show, some of the characters that are in here are some of the best in the in the Marvel universe. Um, and I've really, really enjoyed spending time with them over the series. And the music got me through so much just wonderful moments uh, Jadana on stage singing long live the long live the chief um the perfect moment to encapsulate who the character of cottonmouth is uh, done through music it's 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 fabulous really 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 enjoyed the show
1: yeah i really enjoyed uh, luke cage i think um primarily just the as you say derek the themes that run through it Um but i i just think the those Those contrasts and and swap overs between uh, the likes of Cornell and Mariah. Um, I absolutely love Cottonmouth. I loved his kind of fairly tragic uh, story. And then obviously getting killed by by his own sister. Um, And I I just think them swapping roles. I think Luke is, as this stoic hero um, who is finding his way, he's been through a lot. And the reveal of um his wife through through his memories uh you know working with dr noah bernstein it's a real cutting moment for Luca as he you know the 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 lovey dovey element of what he thought between him and his wife really starts to come into focus. There are a few moments I think for me were you know i I think because of just the pacing of it uh, to begin with up to probably episode eight or nine, and then just the sheer crazy chaoticness of Diamondback coming in. It felt a little jarring that I think mm. initially, like he, he was very much um, over the top, uh, which felt at odds with with what uh, the show had delivered up till that point. But I mean, uh, still, you cannot take away uh, just how, uh, quality this entire series uh was um and uh, yeah i really enjoyed it so
0: there you have it fellow defenders that has been our recap of season one of luke cage and where we think what we thought of the mm-hmm. episode and more where we think the characters are going to end up coming into the defenders make sure you join us over at facebook.com forward slash groups, forward slash Defenders TV podcast. And you can follow along with us as we lead into August 18th, which is the Defenders at uh, 7 or 8 a.m. GMT. We're not quite sure yet. We'll have that very soon. My phone is definitely telling me 8 a.m., but people keep telling me 7. I don't know why it is, but anyway. Well, we'll figure it out. Damn time zones. They're a menace. Daylight savings and all that jazz.
2: And don't forget, we've got one more recap episode to go. We have Iron Fist, our recap of the 13 episode series coming up. That should be out next Friday, the 11th of August, uh, one week before the premiere of Defenders on Netflix. Really enjoying going back through these recaps of, of the series. Been really good to kind of get my head back into, into the position of all of these shows.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, And of course, remember, please subscribe to the podcast. You can do so over on DefendersTVPodcast.com forward slash iTunes for Apple Podcasts, or you can, of course, go to any other good podcast catcher uh, and search for Defenders TV Podcast.
0: Uh, Unlike my fellow Defenders here on the podcast, I am not above bribery. Um, So please, can I ask you to go spread the word? Um, like, share, uh, rate, review uh, as much as you can on our podcast. Basically, the more that you kind of tell people about this, the more people learn about this. And we want to basically have a, an amazing Defenders discussion on the uh, week of the 18th. So make sure that you kind of tell your friends, tell your mom, you never know, she, she may enjoy the Netflix show. Tell your dad, tell your sister, tell mm-hmm. your brother. Don't tell babies. Um, because i think that's kind of slightly too too slightly too adult for that but i don't mind brothers and sisters absolutely hell even tell your dogs grand grandparent. grandparents
1: too yeah grandparents yeah. uncles aunties first cousins yes. all that kind of stuff <laughs> we do sometimes talk a lot of shit <laughs> but at least we got to use this word, jar
0: yeah? and thank you very much fellow defenders and we'll speak to you on friday when we'll be looking back at iron fist yeah <laughs> <laughs> i can't beat that that's just perfect Thank you very much. I'm one of your host Chris, and I'll speak to you soon. Yeah,
1: I'm off to go and get a haircut at Pops shop. Uh, oh, Pops isn't there anymore. No, Thanks. barber Barbershop is. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for listening, in, and we will speak with you next time. Bye. Snip snip. Snip <laughs>
0: snip.